Welcome to Real Marketers, where we hear from marketers who move fast, ask forgiveness, not permission, obsess about driving results, and are filled to the brim with crazy ideas and the guts to implement them. This is not a fireside chat, and there's absolutely no bullshit allowed here. And I'm your host, Stephanie Cox. I have more than 15 years of marketing experience, and I've pretty much done about everything in my career. I believe speed is better than perfection. I use the Oxford comma. I love Coca-Cola, have exceptionally high standards, and surround myself with people who get shit done. On this show, my guests and I will push boundaries and share the real truths about marketing and empower you to become a real marketer. So first question for you, tell me something about yourself that few people know. Uh, so I lived out in LA for a while and before I got into marketing. And so I was trying to do the, the acting thing, which means a lot of waiting tables. And I got a commercial. It was uh, non-union and I was in a, it was a car commercial for Amco. And I was supposed to be, uh, it was the, the premise was people who had car problems wrong with them. And uh, I was I was in an office building and I didn't actually have the problem wrong with me. Somebody else did. And they had bad brakes. And so the commercial was them running into a bunch of different people. And I was one of the people that uh, they ran into uh, and I threw up the papers and fell down. And that's uh, yeah, did that. I had a stunt man teach me how to fall uh, for yep. that two second uh, commercial that only aired in uh, select small markets. So most people have never seen that. But the question is, is it on YouTube? It's not, it's not. Uh, <sighs> I had it on YouTube for a while. Uh, I put it up because they gave me a reel and somehow it got it got taken down by Amco um, a while ago and I've never, I've never put it back up. So I have it, uh, but nobody else, <laughs> nobody else does. Cause that's usually when someone tells me something like that, my first instinct is to Google. I want to see if I can find it while you're telling the story. <laughs> well, now, now I'm going to have to put it up there or else it seems like I just made it up for this podcast. Well, what's, what's funny about that. Um, my brother-in-law many, many years ago when he was younger thought he wanted to be a stuntman hmm. and he you know, moved out to LA too. And it, you don't think that there's a right way to fall, but there is a way that you learn to fall. So you don't hurt yourself when you do stunts. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I learned, I had actually learned the right way to do that in high school and it's, you have to break your uh, body down into segments so that your entire body is not hitting the floor at one time. So you reduce the impact that your body, your body takes. So I was, uh, the, the stuntman taught us in a different way to do it, but I had already learned that lesson in, uh, in high school. <laughs> Very cool. Well, now you're, as you mentioned, a career in marketing. So I want to talk to you about really one of the big changes that's happened at your current company. So why don't you tell us a little bit about where you're at right now and what your business does? Yeah. So I work at Ramsey Solutions um, out of Franklin, Tennessee. A lot of people will know our company for our founder, Dave Ramsey. He hosts uh, a radio show uh, and he's been around for about 25 years um, helping people get out of debt. Uh, in those last 25 years, we've expanded significantly from just uh, our get out of debt to we are in 
a lot of different areas of finance, um, whether it's helping you uh, get a house, whether it's getting the right insurance, using a budgeting tool. We are in um, businesses have our uh, program where they're able to give that to their employees and help their employees get out of debt. We're in schools where we teach high school students how to uh, prepare for college and go to it debt free and set themselves up in life. But we're also in career and we're also helping people find jobs that they love. Um, and so we're, we're moving into all these other other areas, um, which is one of the reasons we had the problem that uh, we had to end up end up solving. So I lead the, the website team and the project that that you're talking about is we had uh, across the organization, we had 23 different domains that we made the decision to merge into one domain for the company. So that is that has been my life for the last 18 months, and we just successfully launched that uh, at the beginning of April. Yay. Well, congratulations. I'm sure that was like a huge weight off your shoulders getting that done. Yeah. When, when the majority of the company's revenue... Uh, relies on you not messing that up, um, that puts a, a level of pressure on the project succeeding that I, I've not had in any other project that I've ever led. Well, maybe let's talk about the decision to have the 23 different domains. Um, so when that decision was made, I assume years ago, what was the thought behind that? Yeah, so we um, we are a very entrepreneurial company. So at this point, we are at close to a thousand team members. But when we started uh, 25 years ago, we obviously didn't start with that many. And so the way that our individual businesses grew within the company was very much with this entrepreneurial mindset. So they would be their own business and they'd figure out how to make money and how to serve the customer. And yes, they were tied to each other via the radio show, um, but they just kind of spun up and had their own thing. So they would hire their own marketers and their own designers and their developers would go in and develop things. Um, and so there were decisions that were made to say, um, for instance, every dollar, which is our budgeting tool, um, we said, well, people that don't know our web show and uh, don't know uh, Dave Ramsey will still use this. So let's create its own brand. And so we put that on everydollar.com and we started launching personalities and we gave them their own websites because it, it made it easier just to correct, connect people directly to that brand. And so that happened again and again and again. And the strategy that worked early on all of a sudden became unmanageable when we think, hey, we're continuing to grow. If in five years we continue with this strategy, we're going to have 35 websites and then we're going to have 50 websites. And that means there's going to be 50 stores that we have to do. And our blogs are competing with each other in uh, search and, 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 and we were going to have to completely uh, we were going to have to scale our business in the same way. And we don't, we don't want to do that. We were like, we've got, there's got to be a smarter way. There's got to be a, a better way to do this. So the strategy wasn't wrong at the time, but where we are today and where we see that we're going, we knew pretty quickly we were going to have to shift course. Well, it's interesting that you mentioned that. And we were talking about this before we started recording this idea of decisions that, you know, old you or, you know, the older part of your organization maybe have made years ago were probably the right decision for your business back then. But times change, the business changes, consumer behavior changes, and you have to think about and look at things in a new light. 
So for you, you know, as you thought about this decision, what got you to the point where you said, okay, we've got to take 23 domains and go into one? Like, what was that decision making like? Because to be honest, like that gives me anxiety right now, just thinking about it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, the project was a success and I still look back and I'm like, it, did, did it really happen? Like, did we really, did we really pull it off? Um, there's, there was a lot that went into this decision that, um, all of these sites combined, there is a significant amount of traffic and revenue that comes, uh, for our company from them. We are, we're in an average of like 6 million sessions a month. And a lot of that is from organic. So SEO. And so the, the consideration was not taken lightly, um, because we knew there was so much risk. And if we did it wrong, and we knew that regardless of, even if we did it right, there was going to be some pain from an SEO perspective that we were going to have to feel. Um, but two of the main factors was, uh, when we look at succession at our company, we are very intentional about setting this company up for the future. Most of this company is tied up within Dave Ramsey, our founder, and he he and the board have been so great of saying, you know, Dave's not going to be here forever, right? We cannot rely just on him and his name to be able to propel us forward. We got to think of where does this, where does this company need to go? And so as we looked at global branding is what we called it, what does the brand of Ramsey need to be and need to become? And so our, uh, when you looked across our sites, our main site was DaveRamsey.com. And so that being the URL of our site going forward was one of those things that just didn't jive with where our brand needed to go. And so Ramsey Solutions, which is the name of our corporate office, but also who we are as a, as a company was the right, was the right domain. But to get there, we had to really dig into all the branding aspect of that, making sure it made sense, connecting all of those tissues back together. Because we had done such a good job creating all of these individual brands that sometimes the consumer didn't know they were one part of one ecosystem. So we took, we took where we wanted to go and then how our users will experience our brand um, to, to lead us to, to make that decision. Now, there were other factors, but those were two of the major things that, that we took into account. So once you make this decision, the next thing you have to do is get your team on board. And how was that knowing, you know, that you're going to make this decision, but now there's a lot of work that needs to get done. And it's, and the thing that I think some people don't realize is because you have so much traffic coming from SEO, it's a lot of really important work that has to get done right to not have an, a detriment to your business. So how do you get everyone excited about this type of project? Well, before, before we uh, started pushing this on the team and trying to rally uh, everybody, uh, one of my leaders, his name is, is Herb Jenkins. Uh, he gave me a thought exercise to walk through to get me ready to lead something like this. He said, um, before you lead a big project, what you need to do, uh, he's like, go take some time, take an hour and a half, two hours, sit down and ask yourself the question, for this project to be successful, what needs to be true of the person leading it? He said, don't put yourself in that. He said, don't say, what, what do I need to do to be a successful leader? He said, he said, take yourself out of it. What does that leader need to do? And so I sat down and I said, well, 
this, this person's got to, to really understand all aspects of this. Uh, I'm a marketer by trade, but this person needs to understand marketing. They need to understand the technology. They need to understand the creative and then just the business impact. Um, I said, this person's got to be amazing at communication. Um, this is, there's a thousand people in this company. There's a lot of business units. Uh, there are thousands of pages that we need to migrate. If I'm going to, if this person is going to uh, move this company in the right direction, they've got to communicate the right information to the right people at, in the right setting. Because people freak out when they hear information in the incorrect context because it feels like they missed something. And so we went, I went through that and said, okay, they need to be this, they need to be that, and they need to be that. Then I took myself and put myself in that, in that setting and said, okay, where, where do I fit the bill and where do I see deficiencies? And so what do I need to change about the way that I do things? Who do I need to bring alongside me, be part of my core team to be able to be this leader and make this a success? And communication was, was one of those that I, I, I said, I have got to be a master communicator. And so I put together an entire communication strategy as a result of that, that, that had, hey, here are the people, this is when I'll tell them this, this is, it'll communicate via email, we'll have stuff and staff meeting. Um, which I wouldn't have approached it that way, right? I would have said, oh, okay, well, I just need to focus on how do we do the project. But the how was important, but the without the communication, it would have been a major, major failure here. So I started with what needs to be true of me and my leadership team. I had my leaders go through that exercise as well before we even started involving the team. That's really good advice. So once you started involving the team, how did you think, I mean, you mentioned it was 18 months, right? How did you think about breaking up this project? Like, what does that look like when you're taking on something so daunting and critical to your business? Yeah, the, the, the old saying is, how do you eat an elephant one bite at a time? So the, the way that we looked at this project is, this is a, this is a mammoth project. Um, we knew um, based on uh, the business and the way we had thought through the project, kind of the target date, we knew we wanted to launch in April of this year. Um, but we knew, hey, there are some key milestones that we just need to have to make this happen. Um, we did what we called affectionately the light switch approach, where we turned all of those domains off at one time and turned RamseySolutions.com on. Um, SEO, you know, across the board, you would not, if you put 10 SEOs in a room, maybe eight of them would say that's the right way and two of them would say no. So we felt good enough that that was the right way to go. Um, but we started saying, okay, well, what is the first milestone that we need to hit? And then what is the next milestone? And then the next milestone. We had to break it up in sort of these big phases. And every time I would get up to present, I would show these phases and say, okay, we're in this phase today. This is what this phase means. This is your responsibility. And know that this is the next phase that is coming. We didn't get all the way to this is the eighth phase because it's just, it's too far away and it's too much for someone to take in. We just said, okay, here's what you need to do now. And then here's the next thing that is coming. Um, but one thing uh, that when I did that uh, analysis of what needs to be true of this person, one of the things that I put on there was this person has to believe without a shadow of a doubt that this is the right thing to do. Because I knew that this person was going to have to have a lot of conversations with people who did not believe that it was the right thing to do. And 
if that person didn't 100% believe it, they were never going to be able to get everybody else on board. Nobody follows a leader that's kind of like, well, I guess let's, let's just do it, right? I had to, and when I put myself in that role, I said, do I believe this is the right thing? And I got myself to a place where I did, and I had a lot of those conversations. And as, as I had those conversations again and again and again, I started to be able to convince people to believe, to believe what I believed. Um, but it took, it took time and I had to say it so many times that people could do an impression of me. Um, but I had to be consistent. I've been there. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Where you say something so many times and you're like, I know I've said this a hundred times. I'm going to say it again. Cause I need you all to hear it again. Well, uh, and but it, it's amazing how few, like you say that and someone's like, huh, I've never heard you say that before. And you just, you're sitting there going, I, I think I say I, that every day. I, you know what? It's kind of about marketing though, too. I always tell my team by the time we're tired of our messaging and our branding is when everyone else in the world is finally paying attention to it. Yes. Yes. So it's kind of like that. I know I say this all the time, but you're right. Some people probably are like, no, I had never heard you say that. And I'm in my head. I'm like, no, I swear. I say it like four times a day. So, I, I specifically remember saying it to you yesterday. <laughs> correct. Like in the exact same way. And I probably had the same look on my face when I said it. Um, well, and it, what's interesting for me is I'm a former cheerleader for a lot of years. And so I am just like a really optimistic, peppy person in general. And so, you know, when I'm getting everyone on board, it's like really hard for me not to break out into like, my team calls it cheerleader mode, which is like, this is going to be great. Like I'm super excited <laughs> and I really do mean it, but it's like, they always give me a hard time about it. Yeah. I had to, uh, so I mentioned that I have acting in my past. I would have to give up, get up uh, in front of the, the organization, which I said is around a thousand people and get them to care about backlinks and uh, QAing the site and all of these super boring topics. And so I had to figure out, I sat every time uh, I would be presenting with someone, I'm like, how do we make this intriguing? How do we make people have fun with this? And so whether it was the way we presented it or the, the examples that we gave or the visuals that we gave, I always wanted to have a little bit of laughter, a little bit of fun so that they would actually internalize it versus like, okay, what do you want me to do? You want, you want me to move another page? You want me to check a link? Like I wanted it to be fun and memorable or else they're just, they're just not going to do it. It's like, okay, it's another thing I need to do. And they just, they were not going to care like I cared. Exactly. Well, another part is too, when you are finally done with it, you want not just your team, but the whole organization to rally around the huge success that it is. And if people don't care about it, then when you launch it, it's not a big deal to them. Yeah. Agreed. So during this 18 month process, you know, what do you feel like you learned from it? What were things that, you know, gosh, I wish I would have known that before or this went really well and I didn't expect it to. What are those key learnings that you really have from this? Yeah, if there, there are a couple key roles and a couple key people that I had on the team that had I not had that, this project would have gone south very, very quickly. And one of those, we have a, her name is Lauren Turner. She is a, a technical, you know, her title is a technical SEO. So she is focused not necessarily on 
the written word, like the content side. So we have a content marketing team that does that. Uh, but she was the one that gets into really the nitty gritty, whether it's the, the information architecture, or whether it's schema, um, all the backlink profiles. She was the one that managed the, the entire map uh, of when we put all these redirects, I said, here are all the old links and they go to this link. She was so detail oriented and she set herself up in a way where she would have these mastermind groups with other people in the SEO community uh, to run through, hey, here's how we're looking to approach this. And she would get feedback and she would always bring that into the process. Uh, without her, this thing this thing would have failed many times over. Just these numbers alone. So we had a thousand pages that we needed to migrate. That it, uh, on top of that, over 2000 blogs that had to be. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Third, oh. The final, the final URL map was over 13,000 lines long and the number of in page links. So links on the page, you have to, we, because of SEO, uh, not using appended links is better, which meant that all of our links in page needed to be changed and updated. And so there were over a hundred thousand of those links that that needed to be changed. She was one of the people that was in charge of making sure all of that happened. Those numbers still boggle my mind that we were able to do that. Because as we looked at what what's going to make this project a failure, and it is if something of our redirect map breaks, or if we start getting a ton of 404s. Um, she also, we, we completely redid our information architecture. Um, we were a very business-focused information architecture, and we moved to a very consumer-friendly, topic-based information architecture. All of that stuff is super nitty-gritty and super like in the weeds that, for me, I, I, I couldn't imagine getting in there and doing that. That was like life to her. She absolutely loved it, and it was so exciting for her, and she is a big reason why this was a success. My head is just like spinning from those numbers. I I think the most I've ever had to deal with, like redirect wise, is a couple hundred. And that was like a nightmare. So I can't even imagine what this was like. And when you're talking about all of those links and content, those are things that you had to manually change, weren't they? The the in-page links, we were able, we yeah. got some smart developers that we were able to get a script that was written uh, to get oh. the majority of those. Um, but okay. we still had to go in and do do a significant amount of the other ones. Oh, and what people don't realize, right? Like you're talking about 404 errors. So can you just explain what that is for someone who may not be familiar with the term? Sure. A 404 is when you're trying to get to a page and you get that. Some people do a good job with it and make it fun, but it says, oops, this page doesn't exist. Do you want to try these other things? Um, if Google sees you have a spike in that, uh, it starts questioning what you've done on your site. And we knew we were only going to get uh, really one chance to put our best foot forward. And that was in the initial crawl of RamseySolutions.com when we launched all these redirects. So we went through that process over and over and over again to make sure that all of those were right. Because every if you, if you go and start looking at uh, site migrations and look for the case studies of when it fell apart, it's they did something wrong with their redirects, their information architecture wasn't solid, or they had a, a ridiculous amount of 404s, and they either didn't know about it or didn't change it in, in, a, in a quick fashion. 
Oh. So I'm hopeful that she's taken some time off after managing that large project and giving herself a little bit of a break because I can't imagine what that must have been. But is she personality wise, I assume super detail oriented and that like just really fit what she likes to do. Yeah, it's it's funny. So we have a we have a um, with uh, it's a value here of getting people in their sweet spot. And she came in on another business unit, uh, the Ramsey Plus business unit, and she was doing SEO there. Uh, but when this project came up, we realized that she had a lot more expertise in that sort of technical side. So we had some conversations, met with that other team and said, hey, we actually want her on this project and on this team moving forward. And you know, when you see that person come to life, it all of a sudden she came to life when she leaned into this. And yeah, she's very, she loves spreadsheets. She throws them up on, on boards and starts walking through and they start to, do you remember those magic eye posters where you stare at it long enough and yes. like ship, ship pops out? That's sometimes I can, I can have that feeling when I'm looking at a really detailed spreadsheet, but for her, it's just life. And she was able to create that and manage that. And yeah, she's, she's actually on vacation this week. She had a vacation uh, a week ago and then she came back for a week and then she took another a week and you know, she, yeah, well-deserved on, on her end. Yeah. Well, I love that you mentioned about finding people's sweet spots. Cause to me, like that's what makes work, not work. And what I mean by that is, you know, you can love what you do and it can be part of what you're passionate about. And then when you do your work every day, um, it doesn't feel like you're working. You actually look forward to doing what you're doing. So how do you think about finding and determining what someone's sweet spot is so you can get them in the right role so they can just really shine? Well, I think that's uh, that's a main responsibility of any leader is to do that. Um, and some of it is if you don't raise your head above the work that you have to do today, you're never going to see what you're team actually needs. We do regular one-on-ones um, with our team members and we, we sit down and have conversations. And sometimes it's about the work. Hey, what, did, what do we need to get done this week? What do we need to do? But it's also like, hey, let's let's check in. Let's let's see what are you working on? What's, what's exciting to you? What's not? Um, and it's everybody has stuff about their job that they don't like. So you're not going to go, oh, you don't like that? You never have to do it again. Let's just do all this fun stuff. But you start to see these sparks and you start to see people perk up and the way that they communicate information to you is different than when they're communicating the stuff that is kind of stuff that they want to do. And so we, when we asked her to be part of this project, when she would come in and start talking about this, she would get a little bit more excited. She would be, oh, and I'm going to do this. Oh, and I'm going to do this. And oh, we need to think about this. And oh, hey, I went in and like, we didn't ask her to go meet with all these uh, other SEO meetups and everything. She just said, oh yeah, I'm, I'm doing this. And I, when I was in there, I asked about this and I brought some good feedback. And you start seeing these signs if you're looking for them of like, oh, I forget. Uh, I think it's Benjamin Zander, the um, uh, musician who says you look for uh, the sparkle in someone's eyes. And when you see that in your in their eyes, you're like, oh, OK, we, we've unlocked something. How can we lean into that? Because, again, it's like working a little later when you have to and doing some of that stuff. It becomes less of a chore when you are super excited about the work. Well, that's what I mean, right? That's when it becomes, I mean, it's still work and you still get paid for it, but it doesn't become work either. Like I, a lot of times I think I get to, I get paid every day to do what I love to do. 
Um, and I think a lot of, if you're not doing that as a marketer, you got, you got, it's totally different when you find it. So, yeah. but I think it, you're right. As a leader, it's hard. It's important for us to help our teams, you know, get in roles where they can have that sparkle and shine because you get a couple of things. One, I think you get a different le- level of work out of them. And what I mean by that is it's not maybe a different amount, but it's a different, a higher level of excitement, intensity, um, passion, and whether they're doing things like, you know, architecture for your website, whether they're writing content, doing your social media strategy, there's a difference between someone who loves what they're doing and someone who is just doing it because it's part of their role. And I think the other big thing is it also creates this really great camaraderie within your team when everyone's in the right seat and they know that you're looking out for what's best for them. You see where they shine and you want to push and help them grow in that area. And maybe in other areas where they don't realize they could shine yet. It's to me, one of the best parts about being a leader. Yeah. And you're talking about, you're talking about giving somebody a why. Um, we, we believe that we're on a mission here. It's not just, we want to sell, uh, money tools, or we want to sell stuff for your career. We believe our mission is to help people and that uh, a lot of systems around this country are kind of set up not to help people. So we get excited because we have people that when they use our systems, their life changes in a positive way. And so we share that stuff in staff meeting all the time, people screaming that they're debt free or people sharing a video that they got life insurance. They didn't think they needed it, but they heard that they should through one of our things and they got it. And then the worst thing happened, but they're okay and they're taken care of. That kind of stuff, if you can embed that within a team member, they will get excited um, and continue to do stuff that that is, they'll push through the mundane stuff because they know, hey, yeah, this is mundane, but I know the, uh, the person on the other end of this is, is getting helped. And so we, we have, you know, passion and purpose and mission are some of our core values that we push to get people excited. I also, one of the things uh, we haven't, we didn't touch on launch, actual launch day, but I always want to make things fun. I want to make it memorable. Uh, I like humor. That's, that's kind of where my sweet spot is. Uh, you know, I don't know if you've ever done the Brene Brown dare to lead stuff, but within there, it says like, you know, what are your core values? Well, one of mine is humor. And I always tell, I always tell my leaders, I'm like, if I can't be joking and having fun in a situation, something's wrong. I'm either super stressed, uh, or I'm completely consumed with something else and, and something's, something's going on there. So launch night, it was going to be, it, it, it was not an easy, quick process because we were moving all of those domains. So when we got the team together, we did a few dry runs um, and put together a launch plan that was 18 phases long and ended up being 10 hours long. We started on uh, April 5th at around 1 p.m. And we would uh, we turned on RamseySolutions.com and then we started the process of migrating, testing, confirming everything's okay, thumbs up, moved on to the next one, moved on to the next one, moved on to the next one. Uh, but we wanted to make it fun. So everybody got everybody got a hoodie that night and we called it Operation Light Switch. Um, and on the back wall, 
we had all of the all of the websites with an uplight underneath it. And there were check boxes of each of the things that needed to be verified. And as we would do that, um, we would uh, go over and turn off the light and say, hey, this site's no longer here. We turn off the light, everybody would cheer. And we did those lights on either side and we went back and forth, back and forth till we got to DaveRamsey.com, which was in the middle. And we got there at like 10.30 that night. And so when we turned that off, like the, the cheer that went up, there was like, there was a lot of people that was involved in this project. And so just the building of anticipation and you see the lights going down all into one, it just made it an event and so much fun that like people were excited to work 10 hours to launch this thing. They weren't like, oh my gosh, I had to be there for 10 freaking hours. I had team members coming up to me afterwards and go, man, I just wish I could have been there. And I'm like, where else do you see people saying, man, I wish I could have worked 10 hours yep. to 10 p.m. at night? You know, it's it's that kind of stuff. Like if you can unlock that with your team, man, the, there's, there's nothing that's going to stop you. Well, I think it, that goes back to what we've been talking about, right? Which is getting people to do what they're passionate about, where their sparkle is. It goes back to what you were saying earlier about getting your team on board and getting them excited, you know, showing showing them how much you believe in it so they believe in it, right? And breaking it down and showing them the path to success. So when you get to the end, it is a celebration. Yeah, it might be a lot of work to get there even while you're doing the celebration, but it feels like this massive accomplishment. Completely. So last question for you, if you were starting the process over again, what is one thing that you would have done differently? Early on, we formed a core team, which is about five people to push this forward. We focused on communication and getting the right people in the room and let people know what was happening when, uh, when we got close to the launch, and the way that we came up with the launch is we, we expanded that to a cross-functional group that brought a different kind of uh, thinking. So instead of it just being this smaller group, we expanded that group. And it, like us putting together, if that core team would have put together the launch plan on their own, it would have been a failure. So we had all of the people in, that are leading in those respective areas come and sit in a room for a day and put together this launch plan together. And what I saw in that is that as one group was got asking a question, a group that you wouldn't necessarily know, how, like they, they don't interact. There's nothing about their area that interacts. They would ask a question uh, that would make this person who was sharing think and go, oh yeah, maybe, maybe we should consider that. And so many times when we look at a big project like this, we, we look at each individual discipline as something in and of itself. And we forget if we bring this all together, all of those individual people need to understand the entire ecosystem. It doesn't matter if you're an awesome creative, if you don't understand the dev side and the marketing side of it, it it's not going to work. You could be an amazing dev and, and deliver the cleanest code ever, but if you don't really understand how it needs to function for the user or what the goals or the KPIs are, doesn't matter what you're going to design. It's, it's not going to work well. And so getting all of those people into the room, I would have got them into rooms sooner uh, and had more of those types of conversations as we went because it was just such a different level 
that we got to when they were all able to hear the same things at the same time versus in individual pockets. You've been listening to Real Marketers. If you love what you've heard, make sure to subscribe, rate, and review our podcast. And don't forget to tell a friend. All of this marketing goodness shouldn't be kept a secret.